Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. He's the same one. (laughs) Oh man, guys. Hey, I love this time of year, I really do. And I don't think there's a more special time of year. And I just wanna say, I'm so excited to be heading into this Christmas season uh, with our church family, celebrating the birth of Christ and really prioritizing our families and the blessing of God in this season. And how many know there's greater gifts than what's going under the tree? I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. There is greater gifts than what's going on. Matter of fact, I would submit to you the people around the tree are more important than what's going on under the tree. And I think it's so important to prioritize our families, prioritize the the real blessings in life, and those are the relationships that God has given to us, the time we get to celebrate, the people we get to celebrate with, and ultimately the Jesus that we're celebrating, amen? And uh, I I wanna look through the lens of the Christmas story today, and um, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter two, you know, it's, it's, it's always difficult to follow the Christmas program. Um, trust me, you don't want to be me today. Nobody wants to preach after all that. But I want to talk a little bit about the birth of Jesus today. And I want to talk about what the birth of Jesus means to us. Um, because today really is one of my favorite days. Not only do we celebrate our children and kickstart the Christmas season with them pointing us toward Jesus but I wanna look at the most significant child that was ever born into the planet. And believe it or not, it's not yours. (laughs) Yours is number two, come on. It's the Christ child, it's Jesus. Luke chapter two, I wanna read just seven verses uh, that hold so much for us today. We'll read that and we'll pray together. But let's read Luke chapter two. Come on, turn your Bibles on today. Click there with me, Luke chapter two. Starting in verse one, the Bible says this. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, everybody say engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available to them. Would you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord to speak to us today in a powerful way. Father, we love you. We thank you for your son and we celebrate the great gift of Jesus Christ, your son who was given to us as the greatest gift that humanity has ever received. And we thank you, Lord, for Jesus. We thank you, God, for your word today and I pray that you'd build our lives through it. Speak a fresh word to us today and encourage us through the birth of your son, Jesus. We pray in your mighty name, amen. You know, I wanna spend just a few minutes. I've got a few thoughts I wanna give you today regarding Christmas, but I wanna spend just a few minutes and I want you to think of the fact that God would come wrapped in flesh. 
To me, it's one of the greatest mysteries and miracles that has ever happened. And it's so easy for us to have a hindsight bias and just go, oh yeah, God was born as a baby. But I want you to really think about that. I want you to think about that for just a second, that Jesus went from the eternal God of the cosmos to the God that we could see, a God that we could touch, a God that we could behold. Think about it. God had never been seen before. Pictures and images and Imagery regarding God and the throne had been proclaimed to us by prophets, but a people had never beheld God. Moses got a little sneak peek from behind a rock. Come on, somebody. That's about it. Nobody had ever seen God, and now here he comes, God that we could touch, God that we could hear, God that we could be around. When Jesus was born on that amazing day in history, we celebrate it as Christmas, but really, it is the invisible becoming visible. It is the intangible God appearing to us in, in human form. It is the all-powerful, almighty God, the ancient of days, the beginning and the end, the God that we would theologically describe as omnipotent, all-powerful. He has all power. He made himself into a breakable child. Think about that for a second. It's absolutely mind-blowing to think about. Theologically, we would call this the incarnation, God coming as a man. Both fully God, but at the same time, fully man. He who was spirit became a person that you could touch and see. Jesus was not a, a mythical being. He was a real person that you could be around and has a personality. In this moment, we were given the ability to behold the very image of God. It's amazing. God had come. The incarnation, God becoming flesh. This is such a central and powerful part of our Christian doctrine and our beliefs. You can't even call yourself a Christian unless you believe that God came as a man in the person of Jesus Christ. It's core to what we believe. It's core to who we are. It's, it's central and it's powerful. But you know, um, I was reading some really interesting information regarding the church, specifically the church in America. There's a group called the Barna Group. And really what the Barna Group does is they study the condition, the state, the trends of the church in America, North America, and around the world. And one of the really interesting things that they, um, they did a big report on is they did a report on what people in America believe about Jesus. And I was reading this, it was really interesting because one of the things that really stood out to me was a lot of people, I, I think, uh, we wonder if people even know who Jesus is. And I wanna answer that question, absolutely. Almost everybody knows about Jesus in America. Matter of fact, they surveyed, they surveyed um, thousands of people and what they found is almost everybody from every age group believes that Jesus was a real person that lived on earth. Matter of fact, even the youngest generations, I know there's a lot of us that are like, man, do they, does the young generation, do they even know? They, they've heard of Jesus and they believe he was a real person. But what really disturbed me about what I read was that out of all of the generations, from the youngest all the way to the elder generation, on average, even though 95 to 98% of them believe Jesus was a real person that really lived on this planet, on average, only about 50%, the elder generation a little higher, about 65, and, and the youngest generation's a lot lower, like 35. But on average, it's about 50% of Americans 
believe that Jesus is actually God. And I want to encourage you that we don't celebrate Jesus as just a spiritual guru, as just a spiritual prophet that lived over 2,000 years ago, made a big impact, and died. Oh no, Jesus is so much more than that. Jesus is not just a prophet. He's not just a priest. He wasn't just a spiritual king. Jesus is the very son of God, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is God. That's who we celebrate at Christmas. Not a spiritual person, but literally God incarnate come to be among us. God that would wrap himself in flesh to relate to us, ultimately lay his life down for us to purchase our way back to the Father. Jesus was not a normal person born in a normal way. Matter of fact, Matthew chapter one, verse 18 tells us this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Even Jesus' conception is miraculous. Everything about Jesus is miraculous. You know, The birth of Jesus is a day so significant that even human history is divided by his birth and his death. You know, our earthly timeline itself is is split between B.C. and A.D., marking the very life of Jesus Christ. The God-man so significant that we divide time by his life. And, And as we look at the passages talking about his birth and the circumstances surrounding his birth, I just wanna highlight a few things that I believe are interesting about his birth that I wanna encourage you with today. Maybe some, some facets of the birth of Christ that you hadn't thought about that I believe will be powerful and practical for your life. And if you're taking notes, I hope that you are. How many know you're like 60% more likely to go to heaven if you just take notes in church? It's in the Bible somewhere, I don't know. We'll all remember better on Monday. Hey, I want you to write this down. Number one, Christmas reminds us that we should expect the unexpected. Christmas reminds us that we should actually be a people that expect the unexpected. That God would choose to come to earth as a child, to me, is very unexpected. Not only that, but he would choose to come to earth as a child to a poor and unmarried teenage couple from an obscure town is even more unexpected to me. You want to talk about unexpected. For Mary and Joseph, this wasn't even an expected pregnancy. I guarantee you, Mary did not expect for an angel to appear to her during her engagement and say, yo, Mary, you're going to have a baby. It's not going to be yours. It's going to be God's. It's not going to be Joe's either. It's going to be God's. And that's going to be weird for you, Mary. No, she didn't expect any of that. All of it was unexpected. How would you like to be Joseph? How would you like to be God's stepdad? Not a job I'd want to sign up for, I'm just telling you. All of it was unexpected. When you really dig into the birth of Christ and the circumstances, all of it was unexpected. It was unexpected. It was unexpected timing. I mean, there was nobody in this time period that didn't want kids. Come on, kids were your retirement plan in this day. 
everybody wanted kids. They, their legacy. They wanted, of course Mary would have wanted, of course Joseph would have wanted, but like this? No, unexpected. Now they have to travel to another place. There's a census dictated. That had never happened before into the current leadership. Wouldn't have been expected. It's not like they posted a timeline. Hey, on this day at this time, we're gonna require everyone to migrate back to their ancestral starting place and register with the census. No, that would have been unexpected. There had never been a decree to do that. Now the mandate comes right when Mary's about to pop, unexpected. The whole thing's, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been hit with the unexpected? It's a rhetorical question. I know all of you have. All of us have had to deal with unexpected things, unexpected challenges, unexpected bills, unexpected chaos, unexpected hurts, unexpected highs and unexpected lows. Life is filled with the unexpected. Welcome to the human condition. We're gonna deal with the unexpected, doors that open that surprise you, doors that close that shock you, relationships that come that bless you, and relationships that go that surprise you. You're going to deal with the unexpected. And I wanna encourage you, even the very birth of Jesus Christ was filled with the unexpected. These, all of the things we go through in life that are unexpected to you, I wanna encourage you right now, hear me. None of them were unexpected to God. Although these things may have been unexpected to you, none of it is unexpected to God. Not a single part of this entire journey that Mary and Joseph had was unexpected to God. It went exactly as God wanted it to go. Matter of fact, if we had time, we could get into uh, the prophets of old that literally prophesied where Jesus would be born without the unexpected for Mary and Joseph, without those things happening the way they happened. The will of God would not have come to pass the way God wanted it to come to pass. You can take it to the bank that the things that are unexpected to you, my friends, are never unexpected to God. He sees every nuance of your life, everything that, you know that God has never been surprised. He's never been shocked. He's never said, oh, myself, I never saw that coming. (laughs) Never. God sees it all. He knows it all. He's never been surprised by the circumstances of life. The things that blindside us don't blindside God. If it catches us off guard, it doesn't catch God off guard. God is never surprised by the circumstances in your life. So listen, don't freak out when circumstances and challenges come that are unexpected. As a matter of fact, I believe as God followers, come on, as followers of Jesus, we should be people that expect the unexpected. We should embrace the unexpected. Why? Because God operates in the realm of the unexpected. We are human. That means we only see in part what's gonna happen in the future. Even the most prophetic person on the planet doesn't see everything that's going on. Case in point, 2020. Where were the prophets at? Come on, we really dropped the ball there. There's some, you could have became the greatest prophet in all the world. As a side note, supposed to be funny, but maybe first service liked it better. Okay. It's all right, guys. It's snowy. I get it. I'm just telling you, it doesn't, nobody can see the future. But you know what? God doesn't just see the future. He actually exists in it. God is not limited by time as we are limited by time. God's already in front of you. 
He exists behind you. He is right beside you. You've never gone anywhere that God didn't already exist. He is with you in the unexpected. We need to expect the unexpected things to happen, but not let the unexpected shake us. Friends, be confident that even though it's unexpected to you, it's not unexpected to the God that is right beside you, the Spirit of God that lives within you. You can be confident that God is not taken by surprise and he is working his plan out for your good. If you believe that, shout amen. God's working it out for you. He moves in the realm of the unexpected and he's weaving everything together for your good. Let me ask you a question. What unexpected thing are you dealing with right now? Just put it on your heart and put it on your mind. Even if it's heavy. Maybe you're dealing with a sickness. Maybe it's a relational problem. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's an emotional thing or a depression or a something. I want you to do this. Whatever unexpected thing it is, I want you to give it to God. Just spiritually lay it down. And you can, in your own spirit, just say this. God, it was unexpected to me, but it's not unexpected to you. You see it, you knew it, and you are here to outwork your good and your will in my life. And I trust you. We can expect the unexpected. Number two, I want you to write this down from the story of the birth of Christ. What can we be encouraged by? Number two, I think Christmas reminds us that we should embrace not just the unexpected, but the unknown. You can embrace the unknown. Listen to verse four. It says, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home, and he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. You know, I'm sure that they didn't want to travel right at that time. I have, listen, we don't have a ton of kids. We have two. That's enough for us. We like the man-to-man coverage. Come on. We like that. I got two boys, and if you have the last name Hodges, they're like two normal boys. Come on. Um, But never, when my wife was pregnant, did I think, you know what sounds great? A road trip. I never thought that. I never would have even insinuated that we would do such a thing. I know you're about ready to give birth. It could be any day, but you wanna just go on a long journey? Hey, and not take a car, let's take an animal. Let's walk, maybe. You know, not not something that you would just sign up for, right? It's, It's unexpected. So suddenly the census pulls them out of their home pulls them out of whatever small support system they would have and pulls them to Bethlehem, to an unknown place. See, listen, God called them out of a place that they knew and God called them into a place that was unfamiliar and unknown. Catch that. God pulled them out of what they knew and into a place of unfamiliar and unknown. You know what? I just, I see this over and over again in the scripture. You can go all the way back to Abraham, to Moses, to David, to the life of Jesus. I would submit all the way to you. That God is a God that loves to take us out of the familiar and into the unknown. You know why? How much faith does it take to go somewhere you've already been? God loves to, you know, following Jesus is one of the greatest journeys you will ever have. If Christianity's boring to you, you're doing it wrong. I'm just, you're doing it wrong. There's nothing boring about fault. Why? Because God's constantly taking us out of what we know and into the unknown. He's stretching our faith, stretching our thinking, stretching our lives. If you would have told me 16 years ago, I'd be pastoring this church, I would have told you, you were on drugs. 
because I was. But I started following Jesus. That was my first mistake. Kidding, it was the best decision I ever made. But the reality is, you never know what's gonna happen when you start following Jesus. He's constantly leading us into what is unknown to outwork his plan for our life. He's got a great plan for you. He wants good for you. God loves to call his people into unknown places. God will lead us into places that are unknown. There's so much about this that was, you know, women weren't required to be counted in the census, so we don't really know why Joseph even brought Mary. Maybe he didn't want to leave Mary. Maybe they knew the baby was going to come. They knew the significance of the child. He didn't want her to be by herself when it happened. You know, who knows? Who really knows all the details? But as I was really looking through this text, I thought maybe they understood the significance of their situation and they saw God's hand and the outworking of God's great plan for their life. You know, when you really when you really just embrace the reality that God calls you into the unknown, you lose some of your fear of that next season. You start stepping out knowing, you know what? This is par for the course. God's brought me this far. He's not gonna leave me now. And I just wanna encourage you, if you're in a season of the unknown, maybe you've never been there before, I wanna encourage you, don't waste this season. Don't waste this time. Embrace your walk with God. Embrace your relationship with God. Embrace this season where God is leading you into an unknown season. Because I want you to know this. It might be unknown to you, but it's not unknown to God. He's working out his plan in your life. He's doing good for you. And if you embrace it instead of freaking out about it, you will find the peace of God, the provision of God, and the powerful will of God coming to pass in your life. You believe that? Shout amen. You can trust God in the unknown. I love Corey Tenboom, an amazing woman of God that survived uh, the Jewish Holocaust. And she writes an incredible, I know kind of a downer, right? In a Christmas story, really? Listen, but listen, listen to what Corey Tenboom says. She says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Isn't that amazing? I want you to write this down. It's my third thought. And I want you to catch this. Today, I think it will encourage you. Number three, Christmas reminds us that we are called to endure the uncomfortable. We're called to endure the uncomfortable. Not just embrace the unexpected and the unknown, but I wanna point out the difficulty of what Jesus allowed himself to become and allowed himself to be born into. Because so many times we polish up the Christmas story We polish it up. Listen to verse six. It says, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in snuggly strips of cloth, snuggly strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available to them. A manger. Even the word manger kind of polishes up the situation, doesn't it? Can we just call it what it is? It was a trough. It was a feeding trough for animals. I know the word manger, you know, we think of the, the thing that, you know, the, the handyman in the church built and it's like full of clean hay and straw and a little bit of cotton down at the bottom, you know, there's the Oshkosh baby in there pretending to be the baby Jesus. And we polish up the whole thing, but, but can you just think about this for a moment? Can you think about the circumstances that Jesus allowed himself, God allowed himself to come into? He could have been born any way he wanted to. Could have been born to a ruler, could have been born to kings, could have at least been born into a hotel. Come on, somebody. 
But there was such a migration into this area, there was no room. There was no room. The Hilton was full. The Holiday Inn was full. Even the Super 8, none of them had any rooms. Motel 6, they didn't even leave a light on for him. Nothing. He's gone. There's no space. So what happens? They're driven into a barn to take shelter and Mary goes into labor. I'd be like, really God? Where's that angel at? He left all this part out. It's your baby. It's not my baby. If I'm Joseph, I'd be a little bit different. I'm just saying. I'd be like, I'd be like, Gabriel, what happened with all of this? You, you left all the uncomfortable part out. But I want you to think about, even beyond Mary, think about Jesus. I want you to ponder something. Do you know that God himself experienced things for the first time through the incarnation? Do you know that in heaven, God couldn't be uncomfortable? Think about that. Part of Jesus coming as a child means that he subjected himself to things he would have never been able to experience. Read the scripture. Angels surround the throne, catering to God's every will and every whim. Whatever he says immediately comes to pass. All of heaven bows and bends to bring the will of God to pass throughout the earth and all of the cosmos. That same God that has existed from everlasting to everlasting. That same God that spoke and said, let there be light. And it's still shooting through the cosmos, creating and lighting up empty space to this very day. That same God, that same God made himself breakable, made himself a child, made himself to experience discomfort. And you know, can I be honest with you? Not only was Jesus uncomfortable, I'm a little uncomfortable with the Christmas story. I just wanna be real. Because it's easy for me to embrace the divinity of God. It's easy for me to worship a God that's set back and far away. It's easy for me to go, okay, I can get with the God that is set apart and separate and untouchable and unbreakable and unfathomable. I can get with that kind of a God. But a God that would come as a child, God that would have to nurse to survive, God that would need his diaper changed, Think about that. Jesus was not a hybrid baby that floated and never pooped. Come on, somebody. God that would need his diaper changed. God that would fall down and skin his knee and need his boo-boo kiss by mommy. Come on. There's a reason you put swaddling clothes on a baby so you can unswaddle them, wipe, change, and re-swaddle. God that could be broken. That's a different kind of, that's a different kind of Jesus. And yet Jesus revealed himself fully God, fully man. And can I encourage you in something this Christmas season to embrace Jesus exactly the way he meant for himself to be embraced. Not just a God set apart high and lofty, but a God that would humbly draw near to us that we could experience, that we could relate to. A God that could sympathize with our every struggle That's Emmanuel. That's the Jesus that came for us. That's Jesus. Embrace him exactly the way he revealed himself. Don't just put him on a pedestal and keep him distant. Allow, he's the God that was born into muck. God that was born into brokenness. God that was born to a teenage unmarried couple in a barn. Can I just encourage you? He's not that picky where he shows up. 
He's a God that from the beginning of time has been trying to get into humanity and will go through any obstacle and all costs to get to us. That's the God we celebrate his birth. That's our Jesus. All powerful, yet all loving. Almighty, and yet relatable. God that's strong enough to save, but gentle enough to meet you right where you are. Big enough to have existed for all eternity and create all the heavens and the earth. And yet human enough that you can come to him and know he understands what you're going through. Imagine that for just a second. Imagine what Jesus endured. Imagine what went through his mind, his life. Not a single part of the life of Jesus had comfort to it. Born poor and obscure. There would have been an attack upon his life. He fled as an immigrant to Egypt, lived there for a while, then came back, was raised. Come on, not in a palace, but in a carpenter's home. Where the carpenter's at. That's hard work. Craftsman creative, who worked hard and would ultimately be misunderstood, betrayed, broken, crucified and buried in a borrowed tomb and would rise from the dead glorified. But can I encourage you in something? Could it be that all of the discomforts you're facing in your life, could it be that those things are not pushing you farther away from the will of God? Could it be that every discomfort you are facing is actually preparing you for God's will for your life? See, God is so good that he never wastes a pain or a discomfort. Friends, I'm here to tell you that everything you're going through, everything that hurts, every ache in your life, whether it be spiritual, mental, emotional, relational, every pain God is using to prepare you for the destiny that he has for your life. And I would even declare this over you, the greater the pain, the greater the purpose. The greater the hurt, the greater the destiny. Our God wastes no tears. Our God wastes no pain. Our God wastes no discomfort. He is preparing you. He is molding you. He is shaping you. And he is propelling you into the very reason he created you. There is a destiny and a purpose. And for those that embrace discomfort, they will experience the destiny of God in their life. If you believe it, give God a shout today. I want to encourage you in that. I want to encourage you in that. I want to pray with you today. And I want you to pray, not to a God that's far away and doesn't understand what you're dealing with, but I want you to pray to a Jesus that is Emmanuel, God with us. He sees you, he knows you, he knows what you're going through. I know there's some of you here today and your pains are not external, they're not relational, they're not sickness. They're... I know some of you are here today and you have an unrest inside of you. It's a brokenness in your spirit. It's an emptiness in your soul. And I want you to know that there's only one solution for that. There's one solution for the longing, the gaping hole in every human. It's only complete when we come to know the God who created us, the Jesus who loves us, the God who laid his life down for us. I want you to know that that Jesus that came for us then still comes for us now. He might, not, he might not be crying in a stable, but he is knocking on the door of your heart. He is seeking you, and he is heaven-bent on finding you. He paid a great price for you, because ultimately, the Christmas stable would give birth to Calvary's cross, where he would die for you. And not just for your sin, no, no, he would die for you. 
Not just for everyone in this room, no, for you individually. That's how much God loves you. That he paid the price you could not pay. Oh, he shed the blood you could not shed to make a way for you to have a relationship with the Father in heaven. And the greatest thing we can do on Christmas is honor the gift of Jesus given to us by giving him the gift of receiving it. See, Christmas is about Jesus, but friends, it's only complete when it reaches your life. Don't leave the gift on the table of heaven. Take it into your own heart. Take it into your own life. Jesus died for you. More than that, he was born for you to be the lamb of God, the gift that purchased your eternal life. I wanna pray for you. Don't leave here without taking that gift. Don't leave here without trusting that Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Father, we love you so much. And Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for Kids Christmas Sunday. Thank you for this amazing production. But really, Jesus, all of it was to point to you, the reason for the season. And we celebrate you, Emmanuel, that Lord, you are not content being far off, but you were a God that chose to come near, to give your life as a gift for each and every one of us, a gift that would ultimately pay the price, that would cover our lives, that would be big enough to forgive every failure and every sin, that those who would embrace the work of your son would find that they could experience eternal life, forgiveness for every sin, and a reconciliation back with God. And I pray that if there's even one person here, Holy Spirit, that you right now would pursue their heart. I believe right now God is knocking on the door of many of your hearts. Please don't keep it shut. Please open up your heart and your life to this God that is still working so hard to get into our world and in our lives. Holy Spirit, speak to your people today. And if there would even be one person here today it's not where they need to be with you, that has not opened up their heart and let you come in, let you forgive, let you save, let you rule and reign their lives. I pray that today would be that day. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you would say, Pastor Jordan, that's me. I'm not where I need to be with Jesus, but today I need to receive the real gift of Christmas. I need to put my trust in Jesus Christ. I need forgiven. I need a new life. I need a new heart and a new start. If God is speaking to you right now, I'm gonna count to three. And on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand all across the room and I'm gonna pray for you. Ready? He loves you so much. One, two, three. Raise your hand high so I can see him. So many hands. Raise them high. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just pray it out loud. But I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Lord, right now, I come to you just the way I am. And I thank you for Jesus my savior. I thank you that you sent him just as the Bible said that he was born miraculously through a virgin, but he would live a sinless life. He would die a sinner's death. He would be buried in the ground. I want you to say this. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I believe Jesus that you're alive today on the throne of heaven and that you're forgiving me. Say this, Jesus, forgive me for all the sin in my life, everything I've done that has separated me from you. Give me a new heart and a new start. I receive the gift of Christmas. 
I receive Jesus as my savior and I will serve him all of my days. And I will discover the very purpose you created me for in Jesus name, amen, amen. Can we put our hands together for these people? We celebrate you. We celebrate what God is doing in your life. And uh, one of the greatest, I would say the greatest miracle is the work that God does in the hearts of people when they get born again. Making Jesus Lord of your life is the greatest thing you will ever do. It's not the end, it is the beginning to an incredible life with God. Matter of fact, we wanna help you take some next steps. You wanna share with them, Amanda, how they can take some next steps and get connected? So in the back of the sanctuary, we have our next step booth. Uh, We have people there ready to pray for you. We have a gift for you. If you just received Jesus, we wanna provide resource to you, Bibles, following Jesus books. So we would love to connect with you. So please don't leave today without stopping by the Next Step booth. Um, Also, if you have questions about being baptized, you wanna ask questions on that, you're interested in that, um, but maybe have questions, wanna talk through that, we'd be happy to connect with you at the Next Step booth as well to kind of talk through what that step looks like. So please don't leave today without stopping by and chatting with someone at our Next Step Absolutely. Our prayer team is gonna be available right here in our altar space as well just the front of the platform. They're gonna come down right now actually and just be available to pray with you and for you. Listen, if you're going through something difficult, you don't have to go through it alone. The family of God is here to serve you. We wanna pray the prayer of faith over your life to build you up, to, to encourage you. So if you need prayer for anything, as we close the service, feel free to come down. Listen, next Sunday, I'm, I'm starting a brand new series called Do Not Be Afraid. Yes. And I have a message I cannot wait to preach called From Fear to Favor. You are not gonna wanna miss it. Bring somebody with you. It's gonna be an incredible Sunday. Yeah. But listen, we just wanna pray over your homes and over your life as we dismiss service today. And we just wanna pray that this season would be filled with the joy and the peace of God for you, all the online family in every location uh, that we have at CFC. Can you pray? And let's just ask the Lord's blessing over our lives as we enter the Christmas season. Father, we thank you for the Christmas season. And Lord, I go before your throne right now on behalf of the people of God at Christian Faith Center. And I pray, Lord, that this would not just be another December, Lord, but it would be a season that is filled with the grace and the peace of God. May there be joy in every home. May there be peace in every heart. May your spirit and your presence rest and move powerfully throughout every family that calls our church home. God bless us. Crown this season with your presence. I pray for every service in December from now all the way through Christmas Eve. May more people experience Jesus than any other services we've had all year long. We lift you up, God, and we pray you would draw every heart to yourself. Bless our homes, bless our marriages, our children, and our lives. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen Amen. and amen. Hey, God bless you, friends. Have an incredible week. Remember, if you need prayer, come get it, but we can't wait to see you soon. Go with God.